0: Welcome to Playing With Fire, the podcast for people who are ready to custom build their love.
1: We're talking about non-monogamy, however you design it, as an individuation opportunity.
0: Want to leave the default and make your life spectacularly you? You're in the right place. Hey, we have an awesome guest today, Yes, which means you and I are not going to talk very much at all. Because I had the fantabulous Libby Sinback join me for a conversation about finding community in your non-monogamy journey.
1: Which, as yeah. you've made a point of, is very important. <laughs>
0: it is. Yeah. But you and I struggle with this mm-hmm. um, for different reasons. And one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with Libby is because um, she's had a in many ways, an incredibly different experience of finding community, building community. Um, And yet there are still these just like core similarities that I see come up for people over and over and over again, where we have to be willing to put ourselves out there and also maybe stop differentiating so much between, am I meeting people for non-monogamy or am I just showing up and being myself as a non-monogamous person yeah. oh yeah. okay but here's the cool thing that happened during this because you and I were going to have a conversation about about community mm-hmm. and um I, I wanted to talk about it from a, a more diverse perspective and Libby has some really pr- practical se- suggestions oh, just wonderfully great. practical oh, suggestions but you got to wait till towards the end of the conversation for that part. So I want you to listen to this episode. You oh, usually well, was... listen to these before we record the intro.
1: But there hasn't been time.
0: There hasn't been time. I just, just did it. Yeah. So Libby and I just chatted. And what I realized while I was talking with her is that um, I I have moved through stages and phases of my my willingness to be in community, my willingness to create community in my non-monogamy. And that makes sense because I started from kind of a wounded place. Like I jumped out of the monogamous paradigm into a non-monogamous one without knowing what the heck I was doing and instantly started creating a lot of problems in my own life, which meant it created a lot of problems in my communal life. And you were coming from a place of just having gotten into your community mindedness, yeah. And yeah, we just kind of both floundered. I
1: yeah. think. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> and uh, it just.
0: Well, and then we had some uh, some lovely, very real community that was um, bound in time and space. We we owned a CrossFit gym together, and it was great. And it gave us some wonderful connections who I value to this day. And it's not the same thing as like, they were bound to that time and that place.
1: It was very, so, so tied to that context. And when that context was gone. Right. The community.
0: And so now I date for community. I totally do that. Um, And I like it, but there is something to be said for all the many ways that we can make community that we can involve ourselves in a larger picture and, Earlier this year, I challenged you to, uh, on this very podcast, I challenged you to step up to the plate a little bit in your friendship game because you had been complaining about not knowing where you fit or where friendship fits for you.
1: The only way I'm going to know is by going and finding some relationships to have with people having them and seeing what happens.
0: And that's where I think the... The confusion can come in where, um, yeah, am I dating for community or do I date in my community? Mm-hmm. How do I figure out how to be all of me? I know it's confusing, but Libby and I really got into it. I think yeah, it was I was just have so,
1: thoughts and things, but I want to hear what Libby has. Let's had, so.
0: uh, let's just let right. this play out. So everybody buckle up. This is a great episode. Ken, would you introduce yourself? Yes.
1: Libby Sinback is a queer polyamorous mom, the host of the podcast, Making Polyamory Work, and a coach for people who want extraordinary relationships while choosing to live in love outside the status quo. Libby believes love is why we're here and how we heal.
0: Okay, let's go. Hi, Libby. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm, I've been so looking forward to this conversation. There's no one I'd rather talk to (laughs) about community in the non-monogamous space and for non-monogamous people. So thank you.
2: Oh, gosh. Julie, thank you for having me. This is a long time coming conversation, I think. (laughs) It is. It is.
0: I feel like you and I have had enough uh, unrecorded conversations to both Mm -hmm. know that there's like there's something magic that happens once you've entered the non-monogamy space um, that has nothing to do with being non-monogamous and everything to do with intentionality around community and selecting and no longer relying on the script, like the general script. And I, yeah, I wanted to have a conversation with you so that we could talk about what it's like when you step into non-monogamy and want to make community and, like, really, get practical. Like, ok, but how? Because there's all the stuff that happens at home. Say you're opening up with a partner, and there's all that. And I talk about that all the time, but then you go out into the big world,
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, can we talk a little bit about why we would want to do that in the first place? Oh, yeah. Like why community is important? Yeah, because I think, I mean, I'll just say in a broader way, I think we're in a crisis in this country in the United States and i think not even just in the United States i think in a lot of parts of the world where you know western consumer capitalism is like the the predominant organizing principle and and uh, is that i think we're in a crisis of community mm-hmm. like i don't think this is just a non-monogamy problem i think this is a like a, a cultural tragedy in that we don't have a context a larger context to hold our relationships to hold our individual humans to hold our struggles to share in together the all of the difficult things that are happening in the world and I was actually watching um, Esther Pearl talk about this um, last night she had a like a little Instagram snippet that I was watching and she was talking about how um, you know to feel anxious right now or to feel depressed right now is actually like a really normal reaction to the context that we're operating in right now. And one of the ways we cope is actually to be in community, to reach for each other, to support each other, to connect. And instead we're very disconnected. And so then we're pathologizing ourselves and beating ourselves up for not being able to cope when like, we're actually not designed to live this way. We're designed to be in community. We're designed to be held by each other. And now we're looking to our romantic relationships for all of that holding when that's not, that's that's just not enough. And I think polyamorous people at least get that part, like that a one romantic relationship isn't going to hold everything for them. And so they expand the number of partners they have but that's, I don't think that's enough.
0: (laughs) I would agree. And, and it leaves us potentially asking for this, this asking for community that is by like inherently bent in one direction, right? Like it it becomes a little one dimensional. Um,
2: And based on your sexual connections, right? Like sexual romantic romantic. connections. Yeah. And yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that's a good step in the right direction, But then what can happen is then your romantic relationships, which become really, really important to you, are still living in this bubble that nobody Mm -hmm. else knows about. And then you're like, am I even real? Is is what is happening right now even real if it doesn't exist in a larger context? If who I am can't be my full self in in a larger context, then how am I going to be held in that space? How are, how am I going to be acknowledged? How are people going to see, like, if one of my partners dies or gets really sick or breaks up with me and nobody freaking knows about it, how am I going to get care and support from, for that? And, and how are, you know, all of that stuff. And so, I mean, that would be my why for community. I'm curious, Julie, for you, what's what's your why? I,
0: my, I mean, I love I love that acknowledgement that like there's an invisibility. I definitely went through huge invisibility issues at the, especially at the beginning, because yeah. I was asked to pretend. I was asked to pretend to be something that I wasn't, which deprioritized me, not so much inside my the triad that I was living in, but it deprioritized me in the eyes of everyone else. And there was this invisibility invisibility cloak around me and I hated it. So yeah, most of my reason for community has to do with how, how damaging I found that. And it wasn't, that nobody was trying to, nobody knew they were doing it. It was a mix of fear around coming out and being out on the part of my partners combined with people not having the language, like our outer community, not having language. And then like, really still being in the stage where I was trying to figure out what does this mean? Am I polyamorous or am I, is this just my relationship? Like what are the labels I'll even use? And not knowing how to make myself like legible to a larger (gasps) community.
2: Well, and you, I think you just said something really important there that I hadn't actually thought of in this way, because what I heard you say is like in that triad you didn't, you in particular didn't feel real because I'm guessing you weren't the person, the married person, right? Yeah, I was, I was like the coming into a, right. an established relationship. Yeah. Right. Well, and so what's really interesting to me there actually is that without poly community around you, that couple's privilege is like so amplified. Yeah. Yeah. Even if your partners are trying not to do it, even if your right. partners are, are really trying to integrate you and, and treat you as an equal as much as is humanly possible, like if the whole, sur- everything surrounding you is still making you invisible and marginalized, that can feel so terrible. And so it's so interesting that you say that because it, it seems to me like one key like remedy to that feeling that can come when you're the incoming partner is to have people around you who know that relationship that you have and can acknowledge it and say that you see it. And Oh my God. I mean, like when you said that, I was like, Oh my God, yes, that's exactly right. That's something I've had conversation with, with my non-nested anchor partner who is so important to me and I'm so important to him. And that's been the hardest thing is feeling like, like nobody fucking knows how amazing and important this relationship is. Nobody can see it. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't, you know, and in some cases, if you're not out, like more publicly, like you can't post cute pictures of Instagram with each other, you know, saying, oh, this is my love and how wonderful they are, or happy anniversary, my darling, da, 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 or happy birthday to my, you know, all this stuff that people are like, oh, that's so cute. And people hit the like button and like that whole experience that you can have so easily with yeah. a with an externally publicly recognized partner if you're not out and you can't do that with your, um, other partners. Whew. Yeah. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and That's even it. if you do, if they, if you don't have people around you who get it, then they're going to go it. like, what? Like I remember my mother-in-law being like so upset actually, when I did a post about that, about my other partners. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I don't understand why you're doing that. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you celebrate? And I'm just like, okay. okay, okay.
0: <laughs> Right. I mean, so many layers we cannot, we can't unpack all of that, but Yeah. I- I agree completely that there is this deep pain that comes and it was for a long time. I remember like when I discovered the concept of couples privilege, because I discovered it within that context, when I discovered it, I didn't recognize that it was being reinforced so much from the outside. You know, it, it was easy for me to imagine that, that my important people, these special people to me, that they had control over whether they were exercising couples privilege. But in fact, it, over the years, it became very apparent that it it was much more about the, the people who were viewing us from the outside and the way we felt seen or not seen and what we felt like we needed to protect against. And it's part of why I am so, um what I describe as loudly out in my life. Yeah. Like I am, I'm loud. And I frequently have people now who date me and are like, okay, that's a lot. You're, like, <laughs> yeah, you're so public or even people who I'm trying to make new community with who are monogamous and they're like, oh, but to be seen with you is to be seen oh, with someone wow. who is, yeah, like living this alternate. Like, what does that say about me? I mm-hmm. would like they're, they imagine into a future where, again, it's about how will I be viewed by this right. external often imaginary other, right? right? Not a right. real other, um, not usually the mother-in-law, but actually just this <laughs> imaginary other. And yeah. I find that it is one of the trickiest places to navigate in new community is yeah. if it's not a poly-specific lens, right? Like if that's not the place where we're meeting, then do I feel not just safe to be out, but do I feel like I will be, um, like that's a burden for other people to bear. Like my Oof. my beingness, is a burden for them. And I i mean, I've lost a couple of close friends over the years who thought that they could handle it. And then after a while, they were like, yeah. I mean, they they didn't say it like this, but it was just a lot for them. And it was very obvious that it was a lot for them to then mm. feel like they needed to defend their friendship or explain their friendship with me. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think cult- like, culture, tough. it speaks to the cultural container not yet being um as safe as I would like it to be so i can deal with that yeah but i feel the pain of it and i feel it for my you know when i'm working with clients who are are new and they're like okay i'm going to i'm going to head out into the world and i'm like it's there are going to be so many highs and so many amazing things and yeah. collectively we have a lot of work to do around accepting others at a, at this profound level at this deep level of just yeah we're different yeah. And that's what makes us the most similar is that we're different.
2: Well, and I think that actually speaks to why having some kind of non-monogamy, polyamory, queer, whatever is like accepting, affirming not just one friend, right, but like a community because if it's just one friend, then again you're you're vulnerable. And when I think about another reason for community, you you said it yourself Jolie, is there's a, a safety, like a safety yeah. of like I'm not on my own here and I'm not a a target, you know, of some, you know, if somebody like comes after me or, um, comes after my family or comes after my kids, um, maybe I'm not alone. I actually have other people who have my back and, um, and also safety within, um, your relationships too, because I, 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 and this is kind of a dark thing to say, but, you know, we live in a culture where abuse in relationships is really common. And, and I, and I want to, if, if people don't believe me, I I just, I, I, I really think it's way more common than we realize like abusive dynamics. And that doesn't mean that everybody, like there are a lot of abusers out there, but I just think like, it's those dynamics can show up because of the culture that we live in, which is itself pretty abusive uh, and coercive. And so those dynamics can show up in polyamory and they can be really hard to see because you're doing something different anyway. So it doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel right. And you kind of go, well, does this not feel right because I'm stuck in my monogamy thinking? Or does this not feel right because it's really fucked up? And having community be able to look at that and see you and see what you're doing and see what your partner's doing and like observe it and be able to say, no, that's fucked up. That's not normal. Right. Like what the, the way that that's person, that person's treating you the way they're not being accountable for how they're making you feel. that's not." polyamory, that's gaslighting, you know? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. I, I think this is, this is super important to note that that person doesn't even have to be a bad person. They may not know how exactly. to do relationships
2: health in a healthy way. Exactly. They, I'm not about vilifying anybody. Yeah. It's just like the, and that's why I say dynamics, not that's people, it. Yeah. you know?
0: So yeah. important. I mean, that's definitely where I was. So I talk about my, my first tryout as being like, we were all hurting each other. And, and we just didn't know what we were doing. And because there was this element of not being out and not being held in community, um, we used the rules and the lenses of monogamy to try to judge our situations by, and it was so unproductive, Ugh. so unproductive. It, it, it's yep. And it hurts. And even now, 13 years later, I'm like, oh, I mean, that. so that triad's been over for a decade. And still, I feel how it impacts m- and. Like that in this historical way, how I think about and the the dynamics of any new relationship. I'm like, oh, that there's a place where you can tread, and it's super tender because you have now the layers of just not getting along, and then potential abusive or coercive behaviors, and then all of that under potentially wanting to not be outed, right? And and what people's decisions around whether they want to be out or not impacts like in these layers right it's, it's mm. oh it's just so it's so complex to <laughs> to take in when I really think about any polycule or any any group dynamic
2: well and and I love what you said about like we all kind of come to the table probably with some shit you know yeah. some stuff that's gonna potentially set up um like an unhealthy dynamic for ourselves and maybe for the people that we're relating with, and if we're all coming to the table with some stuff, um, like of co- it, it's it's so it, it makes so much sense that we'd be all working it out together and sometimes yeah. hurting each other in the process, and sometimes it can be so hard to see past your nose when that's happening, and so being in community, another great thing about community actually too is being able to see someone else what they're doing and go oh, I'm doing that. Maybe I should, I see how that's working. Maybe I should stop doing that. Or, oh, that person's doing that. And that person seems to be responding much better to that. Maybe I should try that. Or maybe I should ask them like, why is your relationship working so well? It looks like it is. And then this person might go, well, actually here's, what's really going on behind the curtain, you know, and all this stuff. And, but if you're stuck in this sort of insular, it's just us and nobody else can know about it and we can't show them. Um, yeah, there's no there's no opportunity to have any kind of comparison, and you know people say comparison is the thief of joy, and I don't think that's actually true. It's more complicated. Yeah. Comparison is a great way to get ideas. Comparison is a great way to mirror back to you yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think having community around you is good for like all of that stuff.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I think yeah. that's it's super <laughs> important.
0: I first yeah. off, totally co-sign yeah. on comparison is important. I don't know how anyone would discern. For right. themselves, without comparing, like that, it feels like a very dehumanizing move to say we should not be comparing because that's how I decide what I want for breakfast too, right? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, that um, looks also, good. I
2: want some of that.
0: Right. Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I judge, like judgment. No, I mm-hmm. don't want to. I don't I, like. I. I really try to just take the the morality out of it. I'm not making a moral judgment, but I am deciding. I'm making decisions, and I does need that to, work for me. Does that? Yeah, does it work for me? me? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, but then to to just um. Take this and apply it to that, that when you're in the insulated space, when you aren't sure even whether you want to be out, let alone whether your partners want to, it's so easy to be playing out our historical baggage, to be playing out our relationship baggage over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why I started doing group work around this. And now even my private clients, I have all of them do group as well, because heck yeah, what you just named is so important. Like, yep, watch what's happening for other people. One, you're going to be inspired. You're going to see people doing things that you're like, oh, I mean, I am week after week. I'm like, Heck oh, yeah, right. Yes. There are just amazing ways to be a human in the world. And two, uh, some people are great at being an example of what not to do. <laughs> and and or that's well, just the phase they're in in their life where you're like, oh, that would not work for me. And now I'm seeing
2: it out there and I don't actually yeah. have to do it to learn. The you don't lesson? have to make that same mistake. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and, and, and yeah, and some people are going to be a cautionary tale, but, but, you know, I had one of my group members actually say this to me, something similar to what you're describing of, like, I just saw myself in what someone else mm-hmm said of their story. And then I heard their partner talk about how that was hard for them. And I just was like, oh my gosh, now I see it. And, and I agree with you. I think group working in groups is really great. I mean, I think, but I think that even, even working with a therapist or a coach as a couple or as a triad or as a quad or whatever, like Mm -hmm. size polycule you want to do work in, even that can be like, a huge thing just to have, again, a third party right. observing what's going on. And I remember that was something that came up for my partner and I, when we just, we did like a 20 hour relationship intensive with this amazing, amazing therapist. And it's kind of like premarital counseling for us. But one of the things we we said to each other was we were like, it's so great to just have this person like know our whole shebang because there aren't a lot of people who do because we've really struggled to to like we've been in various par- community but it's been hard to really find our sweet spot so I mean I guess like as we move into the like how do we do it I guess I just want to own my uh, to anybody listening to this I'm on the journey with you my loves. Oh, I I am so on the journey with you. I am still <laughs> figuring it out. I can tell you what I what I've found and and Julie and I can both tell you what we've what we've figured out so far. But it is <laughs> it is an ongoing effort and I just moved to a new city uh, just a little less than 2 years ago. And I'm 43 years old, soon to be 44 years old and it is it's harder now for me for a bunch of different reasons. And, uh, I'll just name them quickly. Like one of the reasons it's harder for me now is I think something you kind of named before. It's like, I know, I know how if I move too quickly and get too excited and and dive too far deep in, I've seen how it becomes a shit show. And if you want any kind of insight on that, I did two podcast episodes about (laughs) it on my show. If you want to hear a little bit about that. Um, (laughs) Uh, so I know how, like how it can go badly. And I think I'm a little gun shy, like just honest to goodness, like, you know, the same way when people go through a really bad breakup, it becomes hard to open their heart again in a new relationship. That's how I feel about community is I'm like really wounded around it. So that's the first thing. Um, and I'm also like, just sort of like really scrutinizing about it in a way that may not be overly helpful. (laughs) Um, that's, that's it. But yeah. And then the second thing is I'm just, um, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess I'm just because of that also, I'm more particular. Like I'm just very particular Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and, and I'm slow. I'm just slow in a way that I had, that I wasn't before. Um, like I'm just not willing to just like dive right in. And I guess also my resources are, um, more limited now. And so I, I have to, I have to be slow to like protect what I invest in people. But that being said, don't, don't let my, (laughs) (laughs) where i am in this journey bring you down Uh, i want to i want i hope that you can be inspired uh to go find your community with just the you know what jolie said about like they're going to be ups they're going to be downs there's going to be enthusiasm and excitement and then there's going to be moments where it's like what the fuck and that's just that's just what it is yeah yeah Yeah. I, i wish i had a beautiful blueprint to give you maybe in like five years, I'll have it for you. <laughs> yeah, and Let's not forget
0: how far it's come. Like yeah. if I were having this conversation in 2010, I would have been like, okay, so here are the rudimentary places I could turn to say, I could find people who maybe understand what I'm talking about and can witness it me. Yeah, It is a whole different ball game in 23. I'm happy to say I, I'm, I love that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The amount of options now are a different kind of challenge. I find yeah. myself moving slower as well in a way that I didn't. Um, and I, lots of reasons. Exact, I would mirror exactly what you're saying for lots of reasons, including increased um, selectivity. Um, yeah. But also because there are so many options that I can get shiny object syndrome too. I can be like, oh, what if I try this? Oh, what if I look at that group? Or what if I, right. And I get distracted if that just happens, not not even just by people, but just by the experiences that I could have. I could go to this weekend, or I could go to this conference and meet new people. And we now have this larger conversation happening, which is awesome. Especially, yeah, it's
2: it's a gift. Because, yeah, yeah, it's and, a, it's a gift. Yeah. Well, and I was actually thinking about that when I was kind of like sketching out like the different places that I know about where you can go find community, and the different ways you can find community is. And and then and I guess I want to say that this is this is the 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 truth of this varies depending on where you live, you know. Because if you live in a fairly like small sort of rural place, your your um, options are more limited. If you live in a major city, it's not how do I find polyamorous community. It's like which polyamorous community do I want to be a part of? Do I want to be a part of the like burner hippie crowd? Do I want to be a part of the kinky ren fair crowd? Do I want to be part of the um uh you know anarchist anti fascist um, you know, rabid political crowd, like which, which polyamory or non-monogamy crowd do I want to be a part of? Do I want to be part of the mostly heterosexual swinger crowd? You know, yep. <laughs> uh, like what, what do I want to do? <laughs> I, I love how you're just breaking that down. Cause I'm thinking like,
0: yeah, I, I think I have spent time trying like, oh, maybe I'll go, Test out the waters over here, and it has do been. I want to go find
2: of, the neo Tantra people, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Like figuring yeah, yeah, out yeah, then yeah, who yeah. I am has been, yeah. it's much like when I was in high school and I was like, let's see, do I want to go hang out with the, the geeks and the tech guys and see what's going on over there? Do I want, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to hang out with the choir people. I'm going to go be a band nerd for a while. It's, yeah. you know, it feels very similar to me. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. I see how I curate a different aspect of myself when I spend time in any of these groups. And I mean, that's for, for good and for bad. Cause sometimes (laughs) I, I I notice that I, I don't always bring all of myself, but instead I try to curate who would show up in that particular group, in that particular scenario, Mm -hmm. according to what I know about it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's illuminating for my deeper psychological work, but not necessarily actually getting me the the community that I want long-term which has Mm -hmm. always been a struggle for me
2: well you know it's interesting that you say that because I think before like because I made kind of like a little list of like things I would rattle off of like here are things you can try um but I think lists are important (laughs) yeah and lists and lists are good lists are good um but like another thought that I had just as you're saying that is which is so obvious it used to be my my like primary advice for how to find friends as adult is to like Gravitate towards your interests. Like, right. what are you interested in? And if you're interested in it, probably people like you are also interested in it. um And like, as an example, I'm part of the ecstatic dance community in Atlanta. I'm still like, you know, finding my footing in there. And again, like, me allowing myself to embrace a community. It's you know, I'm a little gun shy, but I you know, I show up to that community and like the people that I've talked to there, they know I'm poly. They know that I have podcasts. They know that I'm a coach. Like they know my shtick and, Mm -hmm. you know, there are poly people there too, you know, and like in the blues dancing community, which was another community that I was a part of and kind of still kind of am, um, same thing, like lots of, lots of poly people there. And so, you know, it's just kind of worth throwing out there that, um, if you're into a particular thing, I'm looking at you board game night, people. Um, (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm looking at you
0: improv group.
2: (laughs) 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 Right. Right. Yep. (laughs) Um, Like you don't have to go to these like poly exclusive meetup type places. I think they're great and I'm happy to share them, but I want to just like offer up, like, you know, it was funny when my kid, one of my kids goes to a Waldorf school uh, in, and, um, You know, it was funny. I was talking to some parents about, you know, the different schools in the area, and they were like, Oh, the Waldorf School is probably going to be the most polyamory friendly, you know, parent community. And I was like, Oh, that that tracks because, like, totally tracks around someone like me is drawn to Waldorf School. And so, other people, I mean, they're also like, hyper anti-vaxxer, hyper Christian people that show up to Waldorf school too. And, you know, but it, they're still rebels in their own way. You know, they're not my kind of rebel, but they're, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool. I think that there's things we could still find in common with each other. Um, don't come at me for saying that, by the way. Um. <laughs> I So I think that's totally, that that's on point for me though. I
0: find that I have much more in common and can find community with people who are rebelling against something. Yeah. And, and, and as long as there are people who can have conversations about boundaries,
2: then yeah, well, and, there's yeah. a future. And respect, respect, yeah. you know, we have to respect each other. We, um, and, you know, that is hard with, anyway, I won't go into it, but like, we'll, we'll move on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I appreciate the yeah. n- naming that we have, like f- being ourselves going to do what we're already what we're already inclined to do. And yeah. then, but the, the and the correlate to that for me is, and then you have to be willing or able or feel able to be out enough to show up as to you show up as you. And so like for me, showing up and saying, oh, I'm not monogamous, like that's part of my basic introduction of self. Yeah. And so when you're like when you're not sure what your label is yet, it may be more comfortable to go to these spaces where the purpose of the space is to talk about sexuality relationships or some other, um, alternative lifestyle choice, right? Like, and and I say alternative because I've gone to spaces where it's not at all about polyamory, but it is about making an unusual choice. And there it's part of the thing to introduce myself and say, I'm a queer mom of seven who, um, practices polyamory and right. It's, it's normal, even though that's not what they're talking about. Yeah. It, like a thousand percent. It, any place mm-hmm. I can introduce myself, basically. Yeah. Like so get well, to introduce and, myself.
2: <laughs> well, and and it's interesting because like now, like you said, it it is part of my shtick to introduce all of myself. You know, in the past, when I would show up to a community where I had, you know, interests, I would not do that. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm neurodivergent and I wasn't aware of the concept of masking at the time, but I would definitely like hide and shift and maneuver around like little parts of myself that I knew might be hard for people to take. And now I don't do that. Now I've actually like being in polyamory community, actually, like, I think kind of like it attributed that muscle in a way. (laughs) I like that (laughs) for you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, I just am not as good at masking anymore. Um, but, um, but yeah, I love the point that you make that like, like seek out spaces that are designed to allow you to be completely who you are. And then I wanna transition into talking about what those spaces, like spaces that exist like that right now that are polyamory friendly. And I wanna just say before I go into some of these, that that, what you just said there, Julie, about like spaces that are designed for you to be who you are, some polyamory spaces are not that actually. Some polyamory spaces are Implicitly exclusionary mm-hmm. in certain ways, and I would encourage you. I mean, depending on how, like, what marginalized identities you might hold, I'm probably telling you something you already know, <laughs> and you feel in your bones. And I just want to validate it for you that that is the case. And um, but even if you are, you don't hold a lot of marginalized identities. Um, for me, at least, that's such a litmus test for me of whether a community is a place I can be. Are they making room to be not just tolerating, but like welcoming? actively welcoming of people who are disabled, people who are queer, people who are asexual, people who are not white, you know, all of these things, like those are sort of my, I look for that. And if they're not doing it, if they're not, you know, uh, gender affirming, um, if they, if they say men and women, as an example, like, or if they say that, you know, I'm looking at all that stuff. And, um, and again, it, d- it depends on what's important to you and what's in your values. But I would just say like, those things really matter. And, and the evidence is there, right? Like, so
0: that's about allowing yourself to say that community probably won't be a fit for me because the one thing that we do share is not enough to counterbalance the ways that this is out of, out of value, out of my value set. It's just out of alignment. And I made way too many concessions. In, in far too many times I've made the concession to say like, that's oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll. it's okay. Cause I want this, I want to be validated that my non-monogamy yeah. is, is okay. And so, yeah, I, I showed up to spaces that were not affirming of not just me, cause maybe they were, cause I have a lot of blending privilege, but, um, but they were not validating to my core values. They were not mm-hmm. like, they were not accepting. And that mm-hmm. is, and then it becomes a well, I guess it's this part of the same reason I homeschooled my children long before any pandemic. It was, I decided that I didn't want to try to change the system from within those particular ones. Like I, if you want to go into a community and then actively work to make those changes, you get to, but remember that that's what you'll be doing.
2: Yeah, and, which and means you'll be living in it before it's before actually it's, made for you.
0: Exactly. And so that's yeah. all, also like, you do not have to be burdened with that. I'm no. I'm in a position right now where I'm actually like starting- new community because I'm like, oh, there isn't something here that, that actually Mm. fits me. So I'm like, okay, it's time for me to get my, uh, my community organizer hat back on. (laughs) And it's been a long time, but that's, that's one of the options available.
2: But yeah. And I did do that for what it's worth. Like I'm coming to the table too with the, um, well, it's not that I built the community. It's that the community that I stepped into was really new when I was in DC and I kind of started, just like being like hey let's do a potluck hey let's do this hey let's do that and then suddenly i became this community organizer um where you know where i needed to grow was what you're saying about like baking into that, my values. And I don't think, I think I had the, just that deep desire, that deep hunger to have connection and be in community that I was willing to set aside so many of my values too. And um, again, not to plug my podcast, I talk about this extensively, so we don't (laughs) need to right now, Uh, (laughs) but just some things to watch out for. And also you do get to make those trade-offs if you want to, right? Like there are times when if something is worth letting slide, or if it's worth I'll, I'll fight that battle later because there's other good stuff here. Like we, we can't always get everything we want. Right. Um, but so can I go through my list? Let's be practical. Do the list. (laughs) I love it. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, divide, you know, there's, there's three different buckets of community of places to find community. We already talked about one, which is like, which I'll, I want to touch on last, but like the one where like, you're trying to find people who, just have things in common with you. And it doesn't necessarily be, it's not necessarily about polyamory. It's not necessarily about non-monogamy. It's about how do I find people who just, I can like hang with and or a space that I can hang in and be my full self. I'm um, going talk about that last, but then the other two buckets are sort of how do I find community in a uh, meet space in real life? And then how do I find community online? Okay. And I think both types of community, both online community and in-person community are incredibly valuable. And I have had both and I am in currently, I guess, both. And I think that they're like one. So I'll talk about like the advantages, disadvantages, advantage I think of online community is you can get it easily. You don't have to go anywhere. And it is easier to kind of Find a little teeny tiny pocket of people who are interested in the same thing you are, you know, uh, the people who show up to my not uh, relational non-monogamy circle groups that I've been running now for a few years. The community that just gets created like right away with those folks is amazing. Now, I mean, I give myself some credit for that because I, I set a container. But I also think that the people who are drawn there are people usually who listen to my podcast and who like what they hear. And so they're going to already be on the same page kind of without realizing it, that we have some shared values and we have some shared ways of seeing the world. So then those all those people all come together and, you know, it's usually like, you know, 15 to 20 people. So there's enough, the smallness that there's intimacy there. And I think that's really beautiful. Um and, you know, I'll just rattle off some other online communities that I think are really great. And, um, you know, and I mean, Jolie, I know you have your year opening. Yeah, which I do like, a whole year thing.
0: Yeah, which and, is and, a deeper dive than some people want and just the
2: right but like for so, others. But like, so like that's a lot of time spent together and a lot of intimacy. And um, I imagine that those folks are probably like... I hope, like planning meetups and like, you know, going to get together and see each other and stay connected even after they're done. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, they like they wind up hosting their own chats, their own meetups that are outside of our group. Almost, you know, it it feels almost impossible that that wouldn't happen because exactly what you're saying. They're self-selecting into a space where they know they're showing up with for vulnerable work.
2: Yeah, they're available
0: yeah. for that, which is, or at least they are in this, piece, this season of their life, which is so beautiful.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think that those groups are really wonderful. Um, and you know, I, we're not the only ones I know Sinead Jackson, Kendall does, uh, the intentional non-monogamy, uh, cohort and, um, similar kind of thing, you know? And so I think those group programs, like, And I'm going to be real honest about this. Like, I think I do a great job teaching stuff in my group programs, but I think the big thing that people get out of the group programs is each other within that container, but they get each other and almost everybody that's participated in my group has said that. Um, oh yeah. And you know, so like, so that's, that's like one place you can go. It's just join a group program with somebody who you like, who you trust to hold a container to create that with you. Um, some other ones that I can think of that do group programs, I think like, um, Catherine and expansive connection. She does a good, a group program and I really respect her work. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, yeah, maybe I can shoot you a list yeah, of the, we, the we ones should, that I yeah. know about. But like, we should consolidate a list of people who are doing this. Because I mean- We should. Because they all have you their know, own flavor.
0: And I think yeah. that a lot of people are going to wind up experiencing multiple of mm-hmm. these because we're
2: all bringing something different to the table too. Exactly. Exactly. So that's like, those are the small sort of intimate groups. And then there are a few larger groups that I um, have varying amounts of knowledge about um, that I think are also good. And the first one I'll throw out there is the Multi multi-amory Patreon group. I think that's really great. And that's like, I think you can get that for like either five or $7 a month. You can be in the Facebook group and the Discord channel. And then, well, I sound like I'm marketing for them. I'm really not. They did not pay me for that. <laughs> <laughs> but like you get, or you can pay like a little more and you can be on their monthly um, community calls. Yeah. And I have been a part of the multi multi-amory Patreon group for a long time. And there's about a thousand, maybe 1500, I don't know. There's thousand, uh, over a thousand people in that group. So it's substantially larger but the, peop- the the way they've set up the container, the way they've set up the expectations for the community and the way the community members themselves like hold that container, people are kind, people are mm-hmm. respectful, people don't jump on you if you're struggling or if you say something off. Like people are really like, loving, but people will like call people out, but in a loving way, if something, you know, if something like, you know, it's the, what did, what did Shanae say? She said it in my, the interview, like the, am I tripping? Like people will tell you, yeah, you're the one that's tripping right now. It's you, it's, right. you. you know, like, it's you, um, you know, um but, and I know that's, it's probably not my languaging that I can use on a regular basis. I want to be clear. I know that, but like, I'm quoting someone else. Um But so, um, you know, so that's a really great space. And I, I, I just really love, um, I mean, Dedeker and I are good friends and I just love the the space that they create there. Mm. Um, I think it's fantastic. So I recommend that one. Another one that I think is really good, um, is the normalizing non-monogamy community. I think it's really Mm. good. Um, they have like a mighty networks set up. So if you're not a Facebook person or a discord person, I happen to hate both of those channels too. (laughs) Um, uh, they, they have it on Mighty Network. So it's completely off those channels. And it's again really cheap. I think it's like five bucks a month. They run um the online space where you can chit chat with people, but then they also have um all kinds of online group conversation event type things, whether it's a support group, um, whether it's a um meet and greet. And they do sometimes also organize for their members in-person events in mm, cities. And they've been so doing funny. more of that. And I just, I think the way Finn and Emma run that community is outstanding. I think they're very conscientious and very caring and very intentional about it. And they've solicited a lot of support from community leaders who have been doing that a long time. And, and, and I just, I I think that that group is really something special and, and, you know, full disclosure, Finn and I are also good friends and, uh, he edits my podcast. So, you know, I do have a relationship with him, but I wouldn't recommend stuff that I didn't really believe in. Like, so, you know, that's, that's my shout out to them. Um, and I also like the community that, and this is what I don't have as much experience with, like personally, but, um, I know there's a community that is being created by, um, Jessica and Joe Daylover and, uh, who do remodeled love.
0: Yeah. I haven't, I haven't personally, I mean, I've interacted with them a little bit online, Mm -hmm, but not, mm -hmm. I haven't personally interacted with the community, but I do know that they're creating it and that their their underlying values
2: are very in line with what we talked about. Same. Exactly. You know, I think that they, they seem to be really aware of inclusivity and care and, and they really understand like how isolating it can be. To be non-monogamous and really struggling and trying to figure it out. And one idea that I just think was a genius idea that they're doing, which is like, if you just, you know, again, all of these don't have a zero cost. Um, There are communities that that do, but they're usually, um, I got to be honest, I think they're lower quality because it's just kind of a free for all. And I mean, if if you've ever been in one of those like 100,000 member Facebook groups, like (laughs) it's a little bit like, um that moment in the movie scrooged where like the uh bill murray like opens up the cape of, of yeah. the, and it's every about? yes like, and yep. it's like ah. i it can I'm be like, a little <laughs> yeah no yeah. i don't recommend it uh probably some people listening to this are too young to know what the heck i'm talking about that's okay um <laughs> but i think that what um what jess and joe are doing that i think is really cool is they have this thing called the buddy system Where they'll actually find you a little group of people. They'll, they have you fill out a questionnaire and then they'll match you with someone else who has your interests and uh, who has maybe some shared needs or desires for what they would get out of a group. And then they, you can have this like little self-contained group of like three or four people who can support you in your struggles and stuff. And I just think that's really cool because of what we were talking about. Like you need poly friends, right? Like right. that's really important. Right. And I, I personally think it's ugh,
0: okay. No, I'll go out on a limb and just say this. I think it's important to have some poly friends. You don't fuck. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, I, it's so easy. And, and one of the things I love about creating my communities is I'm like, okay, you're all dispersed. Let's talk about this stuff in a place where you're not trying to fuck everybody. Yes. Oh my God.
2: No, I mean, it's funny that you say that. I mean, I have to kind of put that out there whenever I'm running a group. This isn't a meat market. And Mm -hmm. I recognize that your friend group is also your dating pool. Your community is also your dating pool. And that's something we really have to be aware of. But I do think you're right. I think you have to have people that you are saying to yourself, I mean, well, you know what, uh, you know, I don't think we have to say never, but I do no, think that there's something to like, just saying like, these are not the people agenda. I'm
0: seeking. Yes. Yeah. A, like you're there's a difference between them. like going to a group and saying, I'm going to go find people to yeah. specifically yeah. be in romantic, sexual committed relationships with, or just saying like, I'm just going to share this experience. And absolutely. Some, some things may naturally evolve. But there is, it's about that intentional, like, how am I approaching this? Absolutely. Well,
2: and, 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 oh, that's so important, especially I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb um, and I'm going to be very essentialist here. (laughs) I think that's especially important if you're a cis man showing up in polyamory spaces. I think if you're a cis man showing up in polyamory spaces, and if you show up just wanting to connect with friends. Like just to connect with people as humans, rather than showing up like I'm going to hit on people, I'm going to ask people out, I'm going to perform my heteropatriarchal mating yeah. dance. I think that's a big turnoff, and I think a lot of guys get really defeated and bummed out when that doesn't work in polyamory <laughs> spaces. And my number one piece of advice, and this is more dating advice, but it's also I think men need to learn how to create community and create friendships men are especially heterosexual men are in a friendship crisis right and we've so, actually had
0: episodes about that
2: oh yeah but like
0: because it is it is it is a crisis it is a problem and this can be a place where we invite vulnerability and real connection mm-hmm. i know my, i mean ken my anchor partner has absolutely found that that's i mean that's most of what polyamory is for him he's a really mm-hmm. really shy dater but yeah a great friend and like, yeah. like, and so present. And, and that's not often what I see. And honestly, even from cis heterosexual women, that's not often what I see in, in, mm-hmm. in spaces. I think because there's that per, like performative patriarchal attitude that
2: can show up. Somehow, and the competitiveness. The competitiveness. And the performative and then,
0: like, sexiness. Yeah. Going yeah, up yeah. in a certain way. So yeah, yeah. I think
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: showing up, to a space where your intention is to make connection about um, about relationship as a yeah. topic is different than saying I'm showing up to make specific relationships.
2: Yeah, and well, it just and, puts and you I mean, in a different frame. Well, and also the gift of that is you can let go of the whole concept of friend zoning, right? Because right. that doesn't, ex- it that doesn't, doesn't even actually, exist. doesn't actually. It doesn't exist. It definitely doesn't exist in non monogamy. I love to fuck my friends. Uh, yep. when that is appropriate, when that comes up, like when that's available, like that's cool. And I mean, uh, you know, I'm. Me I too, I and. <laughs> and. Yeah, but, but it's not, but it's not about that. It's just like, oh, this other thing could be available to us. Let's see how that goes. And I mean, usually those people don't become like regular sexual partners. It was just a, huh, let's see what happens here. You know, and then it's like, again, we could play board games or we could see what happens with our bodies. And, but like, you know, that's, and and I'll say this too, like I'm just thinking about a friend of mine who like is this really sweet, shy, lovely person, and he t- and I and you know now he he was telling me I'm like I'm so polysaturated, I have more partners than I know what to do mm-hmm. with, and I was like I really want you to tell me so that I can tell other people like how that how that evolved for you, and he was like I just decided to just start showing up and make friends, like that was the thing that I started showing up to do. I just started showing up to be a human, and I started just chatting up people just. To get over my shyness, but I wasn't going out of my way to like pick people up. And then just the relationships evolved and they made connections and and suddenly some of them evolved into mm. like partnerships. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, right? If there were a roadmap, and uh-huh. uh-huh. just be a little I mean, sheet of paper
0: yeah. that says that.
2: Can't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just
0: show up. Yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah. And honestly, that's the message, like that's the reminder I need. I'm in a really I'm in a sensitive space around this myself. And that's the message I need to reread to myself. Like, right, Just show up, be yourself, be human. Be
1: mm-hmm.
0: human and it, like, what is, what, what will fit will evolve if I continue to do my work, my internal stuff. Mm-hmm. It just, it just will. There's a level of say. trust.
2: <laughs> That whole, it's that whole thing that I got to tell you, there was a point, there was an age that I was at where people were like, just be yourself and everything will be fine. And I was like, that has not worked out for me so far, Um, (laughs) but but it is, but it is true. And I think the piece that you bring into just be yourself is also do your own work because if you just like slap yourself down on a page without any kind of discernment, without any boundaries, without any containment, without, without any kind of noticing and care for other people then yeah, that isn't, that isn't going to (laughs) work. Right. But like, but it's a both and it's It's a both both and and.
0: I would say I actually had far more community when I slapped myself down on the page, no work needed. I had far more community, but I'm going to put huge air quotes around it because they didn't know all of me. And I didn't know more of me and all is probably overstating. I still don't know all of me. Um, and now I feel like I'm, I'm deep in my own work and I want that depth of connection. And so I have to make myself vulnerable and available again. And it's tender work. That's, that's hard. It's not for me just about showing up exactly as I am, but allowing myself to be in this place where I'm going to cry. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've cried over relationships, pretty like big, ugly cry, big, ugly, beautiful cry, um, six times in the last four weeks. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, and that's just part of the seat. Like, that's just the season I'm in this is like my, what's happening for me right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That like that, there isn't anything else to do because otherwise I, I don't have connection. Otherwise like that, I won't be like, I can't magically I manifest. Authentic. It wouldn't yeah. be authentic. Right. And I can't magically manifest relationships that don't exist. I have to let myself go through this process and yeah, it's not always easy. I'm definitely yeah. just in the journey, like you said, <laughs> the
2: yeah. open. well, well, and, and, but I mean, I hear that in there also having your values to guide you. And I yeah. think, and it, for me, that's what it always comes back to. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, the other, the other online space I can throw out, that's a good one. I mean, like I said, I think remodel love is worth a look. And I say, I would say that especially if you're a parent, because um, Jess and Joe are parents of very young children and right. they are specifically trying to uh make space and cater to um, parents and I think you and I are both parents and we we know how weird it can feel to be it can be uh, in an, in an alternative sexual pro- and rom- and relational practice and have children and like, there are a lot of people in the polyamory spaces who don't want anything to do with kids or parents. And then there are a lot of, and, and who are very judgy about it. And then there are people in the parenting spaces who'd be very judging about our polyamory. So yeah. you know finding other poly parents is um is a gift. And so I think it's cool that they're making that. Um I'll throw out um this is a, a a community that I don't have a lot of experience with either, even though I actually am in the Discord group, but I just I can't I can't figure out how to use discord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm is not good at discord like... either. Yeah, I'm not good at alone. it. I'm not, um, discord
1: but, but poly.land.
2: Oh yeah. I don't like Twitter either. They just escaped is... me. Yeah. Um, so poly.land, uh, is a, um, another Patreon group, um, that is run by Paige Turner. And I think that's a, um, a, pen name but Paige Turner's website poly.lan is one of my favorite continues to be one of my favorite written resources about yep. polyamory I think she does such an outstanding job talking about things and she's a writer like she's a novelist so she like really lays things out in this really beautiful story kind of way that is just so easy to ingest and and understand and and all of her posts are like little bite-sized concepts. I just think it's beautiful and um and then she has a community again of people who love her work like right. coming into a discord space together. And so I think that's super cool. So those are like the main online communities that I can personally say I like and that I recommend and that I think but there are there's so many more. I would um, add one one free one.
0: The only free yeah. one that I ever recommend to people is um, Leah Marshall runs the Esther Perel discussion group. It's just a Facebook oh, yeah. group, and I, I ha- to- th- that is not a non monogamy space. But I think Leah has managed to make a f- what is just a free open Facebook group actually function pretty well. Um, so of all the ones, that's the only Facebook group I find myself regularly going into, and it's not an either or space. So I find as a, as a person who likes to cross, I like to talk across relationship spectrums. It's that's a solid choice for just being exposed to, Hey, there's more than one way to have relationships. So especially if you're in the in-between and not sure, great spot to just check out.
2: Oh yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that cuz I'm I'm also in that group. I'm just not on Facebook very much anymore, yeah. but like I am in that group and I agree with you. I think um I didn't know it was Leia. I'll I'll say it right. Leia I think does a beautiful job of of organizing that group and I actually did do a, a live in there with her. Mm-hmm. She interviewed me and um and yeah, I just I think the questions are beautiful. I think the way people show up there is really vulnerable. Um it's really large. It is, um, and like, and like you said, there's a lot of diversity of relational practices in there, but that's actually something I love about Esther Perel too, is that she's not like, yes, non-monogamy, but she's also unlike pretty much every other like couples therapist yep. that is famous right now is not no non-monogamy. She is like non-monogamy makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so I just, I love her. Yep. And she also talks about how important community is. Like exactly. more than any other, again, more than any other couples therapists out there. A lot of couples therapists are talk a lot about protecting and putting a bubble around the couple. And I'm just like, yeah, bubble couple no. and, the, and, the, and the relationship house and the, and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, I mean,
0: and, and like, again, let's have that whole discussion. Another, <laughs> another let's time. do that. I know. Let's have that discussion.
2: Yes. Okay. So meet space, Meet space, space. So important. Um, and I think finding, finding in-person events is so important. And at the same time, I think the best way to find the, um, real life spaces is, you know, they're, they they're where they post about them online is like the easiest resource. So meetup, I think is, I feel like almost every major city in the mm-hmm. United States and a lot in Canada as well. I can't speak for Europe and Asia and other places, but a uh, meetup.com tends to have, um, like information about how, uh, about like, there's usually a meetup group, um, whether it's a munch or whether it's a happy hour or whether it's a class or something like that. That's a place where you can find um, polyamory friendly events. I would also say um, just looking at Eventbrite might be useful because sometimes Eventbrite will have um, classes um, or uh, discussion groups and things like that. And that that might be the the place that they're advertising them. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to look in Facebook events too, to try to find, to find stuff. In
0: in my area, Facebook group actually is a pretty, I'm in the New England area and there are a couple of decent ones. Also our local um, sex toy shops have. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like they have, they have groups. So dependent on where you're living. Yeah. Whether that's going to be. Yeah. How publicly these things may be known.
2: Well, and that's to that point, like I was living in DC and DC while having a huge non-monogamy community also has a huge government employee, politician community. And so a lot of people want to be under the radar. And so there are a lot of people there who didn't want to be part of a Facebook group where they could possibly be found in there. So a lot of the good poly Facebook groups in DC are secret. Right. And so you like have to know somebody to get in them and the way that I got in there was I went on a date with a guy on OkCupid and he told me about it and invited me into it. And like he and I never dated, but that's how I ended up there. So, um, which is why you had said that, you know, one way to find polyamory community is to date. I'm a big fan of dating as friends, like saying, Hey, I'm just interested in being friends. I just want to connect to more polyamorous people. And, uh, you know, some people aren't going to make the time for that, but some people will. And those people might be valuable resources for you. Um, Right. And you might be a valuable resource for them too. Um, Another thing that I think is good is Bloom. So this is a, it depends on what city you're in again, because Bloom has a bigger presence on the West coast, I would say than on the East coast, but they're working very hard to grow. And again, to your point of like, making your own community that you want to have. They're very into that. Like they'll give you a platform to post events and then anybody who's on there can find out about them and go. So I recommend, I recommend Bloom. Um, I think FetLife can be a good place to find polyamorous events. I find FetLife and everybody knows it. Everybody knows how hard it is to use. The user interface is very hard, but oh. if you can find it, it's good. <laughs> yep. it's, good, it's good. And and there's a lot of, you know, kink and poly overlap. So sometimes kink spaces in your local area, if you can find out what they are, like in DC, there was like Black Rose was, and the Crucible were right. big ones. And if you looked what events they were hosting, sometimes even though they're a kink organization, they would host a poly-centric right class or event kind That's of thing. It.
0: over overlap of these communities is real. So the overlap, I think of like the sex positive, the, mm-hmm. the kink and the non-monogamy or across relationship styles, right? Like yep. any of these can overlap. And I have found all of them are places where people are, are very accepting of you saying, I'm really more here because of this aspect of my, my reality. Right. Like right. That's just that's that's normal because we know that we're already self-selecting out of the mainstream. So right, right. It's just a normalization of of needing to to again introduce yourself and say, "Here's what I'm here for."
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. Um, and I think those are the main those are the main things that the main ways that I find um, people in meet space apart from what we said, which is the last bucket, which is branching out beyond non-monogamy specific things. And so I, like I said, I, I find that at ecstatic dance. I think, um, I can't give you like an exhaustive list of all the places where you might find poly people, but again, I found them at pottery and improv. I found them
0: at (laughs) Right. I, it, it, you're right. It's not exhaustive. We couldn't be exhaustive. And I no. think, again, it depends on your area. Like I happen to have a, there's a little group of people I know in like the Nashville area and there's a subset of the music scene that's extremely open. And this is exactly what's going on there is these conversations, but it's not all of it. It's very specific. So it is when we're talking about Meat space, you do have to be, um, investigative, I guess. Yeah. You have to be willing to um go out on a limb and, and see. It's which is
1: yeah, which means you have to be willing
2: to to put a tester out there. And I'll just give you this advice. You can put a tester out there without coming fully out. And I highly yes. recommend this. I highly recommend like saying something like my friend who's polyamorous, da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. or you know, oh, I did you hear about Will and Jada, Pinkett Smith, and how they're in an open marriage. What do you think about that? Like you can put little testers yes. out to just see. And, you know, that person might also be protecting themselves. And so, but just like watch and see what kind of reactions you get. Yep. And and then you can give them a little more safety to show who they are and give them, I mean, again, it's almost giving them safety to show who they are. Yeah. And then you can show them. Who you are.
0: Yeah. I'm always thinking about like, how do I build the bridge that then they yeah. can decide to cross? And I know yeah. that myself, I, because I have, I have a lot of blending privilege. I also have just a lot of um, I, like uh, boldness privilege. I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. mind. I don't You're mind empowered. Being out. I'm very empowered to be mm-hmm. whatever I am. And so I see one of my roles just in this incarnation of my meat suit is to go build those bridges and other people will probably only build put in a couple planks on their side. Yeah. That's just what it is. So if you happen to be one of those people who is good at and willing to build bridge builds then it's wonderful. And if you're not then just look for them. Cuz mm-hmm. they're there. Those bi- they're bridge there. builders, they're there. And you might not realize it because you just haven't thought about it in this frame, but like look for those people who are exposing themselves a little bit more and, and question. Sometimes I have, I have said, heard people say about my mode of being in the world, like, oh, it seems like you're being really loud or you're just so out there. And I'm like, here's why my reason why is I am opening myself up so that people who don't feel safe can potentially say, oh, she would be safe. To come out to she would be safe for me yep. to just be myself which doesn't mean you have to want to date me it could just be you want to be seen for who you are and i i so i have been a lot of people's first outing a, a lot of people's just like yeah i i'm non-monogamous or i'm queer or i'm whatever insert whatever they haven't shared about themselves so yeah look look on both directions like if you're a bridge builder awesome if you're not please do look around for us because we're out there. I. I think, And like, we get off
2: on it. I mean, we honestly, do. we like, like it. <laughs> let's be real, Jolie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, do this I mean, for, for a Somebody says to me, oh, this is the first time I've told anybody something like this. I'm like,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's compersion candy. It's like, yeah. I'm compersive about the fact that they just got to experience Hell yeah. being seen. I'm so excited. And then, and then who knows? Because oftentimes what happens then is we find out that we have other values alignments because we opened up that. Um, And that that is how I've made some wonderful friendships with people who then maybe weren't actually like, non-monogamy wasn't the big thing for them, but we did wind up having a whole bunch of other juicy, yummy things to share, which is, I mean, that's it. It's just about being in relationship with people. Mm -hmm. I don't don't actually need to have sex with them. Don't need Mm -hmm. to date them. Or at least I like friendship dating. I like romantic friendships so much.
2: Yeah. People yeah, oh, I, I saw your post on that and I was like, oh man, that's me too, babe. That's <sighs> me too. Yeah. Me
0: too. So luscious. I, got
2: one, I got one more piece of advice. Yes. I got one more piece of advice. And, um, this isn't just, this is for the bridge builders, I suppose, but I think it's also it, for people who maybe are not saying, yes, that's me. I'm a bridge builder, but like are having a hard time finding the thing that they want. Um, host a potluck. Just host a freaking potluck and invite, invite anybody like you can invite. I mean, and, and the reason why I say host a potluck is because you're not having to put in all the work. If you're organizing mm-hmm. this, you just have to say the time and the place and, and, and that's it. Bring a dish. And then you have to have enough table space. You could even have it in a park. You don't have to have it at your house if you don't want people at your house. But the the thing that a potluck gives you is everybody feels part of it. Mm. it's a not very much work and it's food. So you can't go wrong. Right. You know, I just, I, I am, am I'm such a Mm. believer in the potluck as a tool for community building. Uh, I'm like an evangelist for it. And um, so, and, and, and again, the lift is so low. Like the only thing you have to have the courage to do is invite people. And I realize that that's hard enough for some people, but it's just an invitation you know, and then you get to find out who takes it. And then everybody's sitting down, they're sharing each other's food. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that is such a, like, everybody should have more potlucks, just more potlucks. Everybody all the time in every space, potlucks. Okay. That's it. Okay. I think
0: (laughs) this is a wonderful (laughs) reminder for me because this, the potluck is how I built all of my community in my early parenting days. So I'm in my later parenting years, like I am almost finished with the hard part of parenting. My youngest is about, get, about to get his license, but all of the hard stuff was accomplished over potlucks. All of it, every single bit. And it was about like, there was a natural community building to bringing food together and just being us in the mess of parenting. And I don't think that's changed, but I did stop relying on the potluck. So, okay, you have inspired me.
1: <laughs> now well, I have to get have a potluck.
2: The other good thing about potlucks too. I'll just uh, like, you don't have to drink. So if you're sober, you don't have to be at a bar. Um, and I highly recommend not having alcohol just so it's accessible to sober people. Uh, and also it, you know, if you can't, aff- if you don't have a lot of money and you can't afford to like go out to a restaurant for a month or go to a bar or go join one of these monthly groups, cause you just don't have a lot of money. You know, you can buy a bag of chips and bring it to a potluck and nobody's going to give you shit about it. I yes. promise you like just totally you know, good. Yeah. Show up with how you
0: are with, yeah. The bag of chips, bag show of up pat- with a pat- pack of seltzer,
2: you know, like, yep. uh, you know, don't spend more than five bucks or 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 don't you could even show up honestly if somebody showed up to my potluck empty handed and just said i'm sorry i would be like i'm so happy you're here
0: so a oh, 100% honestly there's always too much food so i've i've never been to a potluck where i wasn't like that's totally fine i or offered to bring cups whatever you know if you're going to work, yeah. it's fine it's totally or, or, or I, help clean up, help or, clean help up or help clean set up. up after yeah like uh, absolutely like that was a you huge know? one goals yeah. if you're yeah. especially if you're willing to stay and just like do that little bit of sweep up, wash a few dishes. So kind. Libby, this was a genuine delight. And I think exactly the conversation that needs to be had in order for us to make this real, right. And make it not just about the theoretical. I stay in the theoretical so much. And sometimes I forget to come down and put my feet on the ground. And I really deeply appreciate you bringing all of you to this conversation. Would you mm-hmm. tell everybody how to find you so that they can listen to your lovely podcast? And oh, on?
2: sure. Uh, so my podcast is making polyamory work and you can find that on all the podcast, um, spaces. the um, anchor distributes it to everywhere. Um, and then I also have a website, com. If you want to find out about my coaching and other offerings, I'm actually about to release a new version of that website my old website is um it's it's just it's time it's time for it to be upgraded (laughs) um i will be offering my relational non-monogamy circle um starting in at the end of march and i will be posting about that very shortly to invite people to sign up and again it's a small group it's uh four months long um it's really cool i'm also working on some other offerings for people who want something shorter Mm-hmm. Or who want something specific. I am cooking right now a very a, like a four week long boundaries workshop that I think is going to be pretty badass. Um love it. but I'm cooking it. And um if you have been following anything that I've been doing, you know that sometimes it's a it's a slow cooker situation. So um <laughs> but it's you can, but it's
0: cooking. It's it's yeah. in the crock pot. It's in it's, there, it's, it's going. There. I it's love that.
2: Yeah. And and you can find me on Instagram. I am not on any of the other social platforms except Instagram. Cause it's like, it's just the only one I can handle. Sometimes my shit gets cross posted to Facebook, but uh, if you really want to know what's going on with me in any kind of social media capacity, Instagram is the way, and yeah. you can reach out. We can, you can reach out, DM me if you want to. I don't always reply to everything that I receive from people, but I do read everything and I welcome the contact. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just, I'm just I just I I have a limited capacity sometimes to get back to people. But I, I love hearing from everybody. So oh, I love it. Feel free to reach out.
0: And I hope that you'll join me again. I know that um I feel really compelled by our conversations and I'm a hundred percent certain my audience
2: is going to as well. So I hope that oh. we'll talk. Yeah, tell me. One more thing, one more thing. I'm gonna be a Southwest Love Fest speaking in <gasps> right. neat Space. Yeah, in in uh in Tucson, Arizona, April uh 14th through the 16th, I think. Yeah, awesome
0: i know some people who are going to be there and will and it's meet space it's real me. come do it i love it i yeah, totally come love hang it. with me yeah um mm. uh,
2: all right that's all <laughs> awesome
0: thank you so much libby it was a total pleasure appreciate you so much thank you thank you
2: thank you for having me it's wonderful
0: there's no one right way to design your relationship and lots of people actually about 25%, according to a recent national survey, are interested in some type of open relationship. But how do you know if you are ready to open up happily? Not everyone is, and that's no problem. I've got a 60 second quiz that will give you the answer and even better, you'll walk away with your next step, whether you're good to go or not so much when it comes to opening up. And this is no BuzzFeed nonsense. I personally designed this quiz from my years of academic research. Go to JolieQuiz.com. That's j-o-l-i-q-u-i-z.com, And find out if you're ready to open up happily and what to do if you are or if you're not.